things going here. Get a little recording started. Um, man, it's been a while since we've done a live. Uh, I've had a lot of things going on. We've been in a lot of different places doing a lot of different things. And I've done a couple of uh, podcasts, but haven't been able to get live with you. So had something today that I do want to share. Um, just kind of a, been, been weighing on me a little bit, trying to sort out how to how to bring this message and and. Um, Want to see if we can get that accomplished today. Hopefully, it won't take us too long. The title today is, is "Run with Endurance." Um, Hebrews chapter twelve, verse one through four, is where we're going to take some scripture from. Uh, and, and I'm just going to I'm going to bail that off in here. You can you can kind of see we're doing a little office remodel. Got some stuff going on behind me and making some changes. And uh, things have been good. We we just we've had a lot of things going on. But um, run with endurance. Hebrews chapter twelve, one through four. I'm going to bring this out of the New Living Translation. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith, and because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in struggle against sin. I really, this passage of scripture, I've, I've heard it a couple of different times recently, actually, by a couple of other people. And um, I, it's, it's really struck some chords within me. And I want to... Um, I, I just want to expound on a few things, and, and I have some some reasoning behind some of that. Um, you know, we we live in such a uh, selfishly driven society today, such a, a negative society. If you want to look at it in that fashion, we everything around us is negative. Everything around us is self-serving. Um, it, it's all about us. It's you know, do your own thing, be you, be who all you want to be, and, and you know, don't consider anybody else. Just take care of number one, you. Um, so with that, I, I have a lot of things I want to share with this some of this out the very first word of this passage of scripture um is i I love it i love this word and it's it's actually something that we see continually used throughout the bible that word therefore therefore and and the definition of this word is, is so cool the definition of therefore is for that reason because of this consequently because of that on that ground or to that end so therefore for that reason because of that consequently or on that ground or to that end, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses. This cloud of witnesses described here, um, they're, they're those actually talked about in chapter 11 of Hebrews. You'd have to back up a chapter from where we're at. Um, and it's considered the great faith chapter. And so when you, when, you, when you consider this great crowd of witnesses, I think a lot of times we might reflect that maybe that's everybody that's gone to heaven before us peering down over the, the guardrail there uh, looking at us. But that's actually not. It's Paul actually wrote this, and he's, he's describing this crowd of witnesses as those who've gone before us, those those who walked this faith walk, these these champions of faith. So as you're surrounded by these great champions of faith, we are we are to strip away the weight that so easily slows us down. Now, you ever seen someone running down the road? Yeah, I usually look behind them to see if something's chasing them, because that's why I would be running down the road if something would be chasing me. But um, some some people actually run because they want to. Never quite understood that. But but better yet, have you ever seen someone who is running that's actually carrying extra weight? 
Um, they, they make these you know, weighted ankle bracelets um, that you can strap on Velcro on your ankles. They, they even make a weighted vest that you can add weight to this vest. Um, I mean, they've actually added this weight on, and, and, and you know, obviously, I've never had to worry about adding weight. I tend to carry enough excesses on my own naturally. So, but, but, but they're carrying this weight on purpose to help them gain strength, to help them be stronger. So that when they take that weight off, maybe it feels like they're lighter and they're, they're faster. So that there's a, I think there's some mental things that come along with that as well. But, but, but in life's race, we don't need to carry the extra baggage. We have a tendency to, and that's why Paul's telling us that we're to, we're to strip off this extra weight. We're to strip off this weight that so easily weighs us down, slows us down. But in the, what, what the scripture is telling us to do is to strip away any weight that may slow us down, and especially that sin that so easily trips us up. Now, this sin that Paul's referring to here could be defined as a, as a besetting sin. Um, I think Paul had one, um, a, a weakness, if you will, a thorn in his side, as he describes it, um, something that he had to battle daily with, uh, something that was that was what he referred to in that thorn in his side. There was something that messed with him on a regular basis that he had to attend to. Um, it, it kept him humble. It kept him on the right path. It's something that constantly reminded him of how much he needed Jesus and how much he needed that relationship is how he describes it. This besetting sin, if you look at definition of it, is it's a main or constant problem or a fault. Uh, if you look at a fault, it's a weakness. So, so a besetting sin is a weakness. It's something inside of us that that it's our weak spot. It's, it's that place that the enemy knows that he can attack us right there. He knows exactly where to push our button. He knows exactly where to go. It's, it's that weakness. It's that besetting sin. Now, strip off every weight and run with endurance. Run with an ability to withstand hardship. Run with an ability to, to withstand adversity. Um, run with an ability to sustain a, a prolonged or stressful activity. Run with endurance is what he's telling us to do. Now, have you ever been in a race that you simply thought, I can't finish this? Have you ever, you ever been in a position in your life where you thought, man, I, I, I just can't go on. Uh, there's, there's just no way that I could, that I could finish this. A place where, where you questioned everything. Uh, maybe there's a place where you said, how can anyone, how can anyone finish from where I'm at? Maybe you felt like you're so far behind or you're, you're so far down. You're, you're, you're so far below where you should be that you, you just couldn't, you just can't even fathom how anyone could go on from where you are. The scripture goes on to tell us this. We do this. How, how can we how can we go on? How can we how can we finish? The scripture tells us that we can that we can do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. By keeping our eyes on Jesus. I'm, I'm reminded of the story Peter. Peter was one of my favorite biblical characters. Part of the reason is is, is I can relate to Peter. Peter was a knucklehead. He was just a knucklehead. Everything he did, he tested. You know, it's it's like that's I feel that way sometimes that that I can't take someone's word for it. I can't just follow along. I'm gonna have to test the water. I'm gonna have to check it out. And testing the water is something Peter actually did. We see him on 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 the boat uh, with the other disciples when Jesus comes walking out to him in the middle of the storm that night. And of course, they're all looking at him, going like, "Oh wow, you know, uh, you a ghost?" And, you know, as Jesus came walking to him on the water. And, and Peter actually states to Jesus, if, if that's really you, ask me to come out on the water with you. B, 
bid me to come out. And I, and I actually, you know, of course, this comes from my own version, that MOV that I try to warn you about. But coming from my own version, I really have to believe that that, that invitation went to all the disciples that were on that boat, not just to Peter. But I think Peter was the only knucklehead who would actually step out of the boat, get out on the water. But he steps out of the boat, and he begins to walk towards Jesus. But if we look at that biblical rendition of that story, what happens? He, he takes his eyes off the Lord. He starts looking around at the waves and thinking, I can't be doing this. What am I thinking? Who can walk on water? And he immediately sank, and he cried out to Jesus, Lord, save me. So that, you know, that's that, this, this, um, Keeping our eyes on Jesus. It's, it's the only way we're going to finish our race. It's only, I mean, actually, it was the only way that, that Peter was going to get back in the boat was to put his eyes back on Jesus. Jesus said, you know, the Bible says he reached down and he lifted him up and he saved him. You know, what's cool about that story is I have to believe, and it's not recorded in the Bible. Again, it kind of comes from the MOV. How did they get back in the boat? Peter and Jesus walked on water together back to that boat. And that's pretty cool when you really think about it, but it's but it's because he kept his eyes on Jesus, and until the, when he took them off, he sank. The storm got him, and that's exactly what Paul's telling us to do here. We 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 overcome these things where we can endure to the end. We can run with endurance when we keep our eyes on Jesus, who is the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, the Scripture goes on to say, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. Now. This is one of my favorite parts of the Bible where it talks about when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He, he actually showed us how human he really was by asking God that simple question, God, if this cup could but pass from me. He literally showed his human nature when he said, God, if there's any other way, if, there, if there's any other way of doing this, I would rather. But he finishes that by, by not my will, but yours be done. If this cup could but pass from me. But he, but he looked at that, the, but he looked past this cross. So he knew what was coming. He 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 knew the struggle. He he knew this this terrible thing, this event that he was going to have to be a part of. He he knew it was going to cost him his life. But he kept his eyes on his father. He looked past the cost of that cross, and he saw the prize. This to me is the most significant part of this whole message I want to share with you today. That prize he was seeing. That, that, that thing that, that kept him enduring till the end, that thing that, that allowed him to look past the suffering he was going to have to do. I mean, guys, think about that for a minute. He knew he was going to be crucified. That, that was the Roman way. That was, that, was, that, was how they, that was how they humiliated people. It's how they shamed people. It's how they, it's how they, they took care of their criminal was by crucifixion. Crucifixion, the most brutal, the very, the very most brutal way of torture known to mankind, man. You the, oh, crucifixion was so so crazy that the the way you die being crucified is not because of the wounds you endure from having spikes driven through your wrists and your feet, not by all the whips he he took, not by all the the beatings that he took, not by the crown of thorns, the blood loss. That that's all irrelevant. That's just suffering. But how you die on a cross is by suffocation. Because of the angle of the body, science actually shows that, that the way they hung people on that cross, after a while of, of your body just fatigue, you begin to slump. And, the, and you, can, you can actually intake air. You can breathe in, but you can't exhale. So you would have to pull yourself up against those spikes, push yourself up on that, the feet, or that spike through your feet, just to breathe out and take in another breath of air. 
that's one of the reasons why the soldiers broke the criminal's legs from people hanging on the cross because it was taking them too long to die. They'd get bored with it. So they just break their legs so they could no more push themselves up and they would suffocate and die. You know, that, that, that's, uh, again, the brutality of, of, of crucifixion. So he knew this was coming. In the Garden of Gethsemane, they described, they described Jesus as, as, as being so distraught in prayer to his father that he actually sweat drops of blood. There's actually a, there is a physical or a, 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 a medical term for that, that, that it literally breaks the, the capillaries or whatever in your, in your sweat glands and, you, and the sweat drops of blood. He was so stressed. So he knew what was coming. How do you keep going when you know what's coming? How do you endure till the end? How do you, when you've just thinking, man, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm done. I'm wore out. I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm beyond measure of what I can do here. How, how do you, how do you finish? You put your eyes on the prize. You look past the challenge. You look past the struggle, and you look at the reward. That's the way we do this, and that's exactly what Jesus did. He looked past the cross. He didn't stay focused on the cross itself. He looked past it. What did he see past that cross? You and I. You and I. He saw the prize. The, the, the fact that, that the only way that you and I could, could ever find eternity in salvation would be by him dying on that cross, by his bloodshed for our sins, his atonement for who we are. Man, that's powerful. That, that is so powerful. Verse 3 tells us that, that we're not to grow weary. Consider him who endured from, from sinners such hostility against himself so that, that in, their, in our struggle, we won't get tired and give up. Consider him. Man, if you really knew what that was saying, that'd scare you just a little bit. It scared me when I kind of figured it out. That, that word, consider him, it's actually compare ourselves to him. How do you compare to Jesus? I don't think I, I don't, I don't think I, um, I don't think I come up very high on that level. How do I compare to Jesus? But that's exactly what that's saying. Consider Him. Compare yourself to Him. Put ourselves in His shoes. Compare our challenges and our issues to this. Compare them so that it doesn't cheapen the sacrifice that He gave for our lives. See, if we compare our challenges and our struggles, our woe is me moments, you know, our, our pity party, if you will, of, Lord, man, I've given you everything I've got. I'm just wore out. Ain't nobody else helping. It's just me. You know, I'm the only one out here running this race. I'm the only one out here doing this stuff. How does that sound compared to him? If I compare my challenges and my struggles to Jesus' struggle of knowing what he was going to do, I don't think I come up very close. I don't come anywhere near that. You see, the Bible goes on to say that we haven't actually reached a place where we've shed our blood, not even for ourselves or someone else. Oh, I know, we, we may have cut ourselves or bled a little or even come up with a blister or two. We, we may have burned a pile of money on gas or maybe we've had to spend some of our cash on something from time to time for something we're helping somebody with. But how does that compare to the sacrifice of Jesus on that cross so we need to put off this weight this this negative selfishness of our, of our sacrifices and, and look past the cost we need to get our eyes on Jesus so that we can see the prize 
the, the prize. How, how do you describe the prize? When, when I look at, at what I do in ministry, uh, man, it's challenging. It, it can be very difficult. It can be very challenging. Um, for those of you who serve in any form of ministry, and whether it be in a church or, or like through an organization like we serve with with Peter's Natural Ministries or wherever that may be, how challenging can it be at times? It can be a real struggle. And how, how do we how do we look for the prize in that? What is the prize? It's really not the church. It's really not you know keeping the grounds up. It's really not how cool the lawn looks. It's it's really not how the service goes. How worship sounds. It's beyond all that. The prize are the lives that are affected by the ministry that we involve ourselves in. That's the prize. And that, that's really the gist of what I want to get to here. Our society and our world yells so loudly today to take care of number one, to, to see that our needs, see to our needs before helping anyone else. What if Jesus had done that? Without his enduring the cross, we wouldn't have any reason even to consider our cost. Paul's telling us that we're not to grow weary in our fight. We're not we're to keep up the good fight. Don't grow weary of doing what is right. Have you ever really considered why it is that we fight daily against our flesh and even harder against the enemy of our soul? Have you ever really considered that? Why is it that we fight so hard? Look at the reward. See, it's by faith that we shall endure, and it's through our endurance that we shall inherit the kingdom of God. So the next time you find yourself struggling with, with the task that you've been given, the servanthood that maybe you feel led to do, that, that, that ministry that you've worked with or that, that uh, church that you're involved with, that you, you know, you're the only one. I mean, it kind of reminds me of my duck call, so I don't want to talk about the wedge. No one talks about a wedge, but, man, it holds the whole thing together and makes it work. But beyond that, when, when you look at your sacrifice, how does it compare? And can you see the prize? Can you see the reason why you serve? Can, can you look past this, this selfishness that we seem to have in us today? This, this negative uh, thought pattern that society puts upon us? Can we learn to look past that and, and see the prize? we got to look past the cost. There's going to be cost when, 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 when there's a prize. There's going to be a cost for doing what is right. But what's the prize? The prize are the people and the souls and the lives that we're going to affect through our involvement in whatever ministry we're in. Man, I just want to encourage you today to look past the cost. Get, get past this negativism of our society. Get past the selfishness of our society and, and begin to look through the eyes of Christ. Keep your eyes on Jesus. But see the cost and look past it. Look past it so that we can see the prize. See the reason we do what we do. Man, I just, uh, again, I want to I want to encourage you. Thank you so much for all the support you give us. We, um, I just put, put, put pictures up of the van we just sent to Mexico. It's there now, finally. Praise the Lord. Um, we finally got it on a truck. We finally got it moved to Arizona, and now it's in Mexico, and it's at the mission. It's serving its purpose. Uh, man, we appreciate the support that it took to get that there. We appreciate your financial support that we get to see. Uh, we have so many things going on, so much that we want to do, so many things that we feel God's calling us to do. 
We trust him. We believe that he'll supply the need. Man, continue to be a part of that. If you feel led, there's all, all, all kinds of ways you can support us. We've got the podcast going now. You can find us on Spotify. Just look up Living Loud Outdoors, Anchor, Spotify, the iPodcast, Google Podcast, Breaker. There's a pile of them now. There's like nine of them. Our website, www.livingloudoutdoors.com. Uh, there's giving links on those. We have a simple give app. I actually fixed it, so it's working now. The PayPal app uh, is on there as well. There's links to our podcasts on the website. There's videos. There's some ministry things on there. Uh, man, I, I encourage you to, to visit our website and check it out. Stay in tune with us. Uh, stay connected with us. We're uh, Our involvement with Peterson Outdoors is going to be even stronger this year. We've got a lot of things going on. There's just a lot of activities to be involved in, a lot of ministry. Uh, so continue to pray over us. And if God, if, if God leads you to it, financially support us, we would certainly appreciate it and we'll guarantee you we'll put it to use in his kingdom and there will be a prize attached to that. I, I promise you. We get to see it. God gives us the the insight sometimes to see the fruits of our labor, and it's really cool. It's really cool to see lives changed. It's really cool to see things come from darkness into light and, and watch them transform into who God's called them to be. So continue to, to follow us. Continue to be a part of us. I appreciate you all listening in today. God bless you. Have a great rest of the week. Amen.